Awesome. I've got to remember my boundaries. I think what we've got to do from now on is maybe get a red masking tape. You know, we're used to, remember the lines for COVID distancing and stuff? We're used to that. So we'll just have like a little Zoom light, uh, Zoom stickers and we'll go, okay, right. We might do that. I don't know. Um, how are we, church? We good? Yeah. It's an honor to bring the word. It really is. And um, again, greetings to everyone. And if you're new, by the way, I didn't even say this before. Um, just know that you're welcomed here and, and you can make this church uh, your home. You can make this church a, a community that you join that is a safe community, one that cares for you, that one that will pray for you, one that will look out for you. So if you are new, after church, stick around and, you know, kind of stand around for a second. You'll be the obvious one that, okay, I think you're new. And somebody will come and say hello to you and, and really make sure that you feel very welcome. But um, it's great to see you today. I want to preach a sermon today that I've entitled, Having Confidence in God. Having confidence in God. But let me just pray and then I'm going to get right into it. Dear Lord, I thank you that you are here, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you inhabit the praises of your people. Which means that when we lift you up and when we praise your name, you come and you dwell with us. You are in the midst right here, right now. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you want to speak to people's hearts and to people's lives. And I pray that, you know, our hearts would be ready and my heart would be ready and we would be receivers of your word, Lord God. In Jesus name. Amen. amen. Awesome. So confidence in God. But what I might do to start with is just give you a little bit of a definition of what confidence, the word confidence is from the Cambridge Dictionary. And it says this, the quality of being certain of your abilities or of having trust in people, plans or the future. That's the definition. My abilities have limitations. I'll be the first to admit that. Okay. Having trust in people can definitely have its disappointments. And being certain of the plans I make or the future can be unpredictable or uncertain, the opposite of certain, right? And that can be unsettling. And sometimes that can even cause us to be a little afraid because the unsettling feeling of not knowing what's ahead into the future. That can sometimes cause us a little bit of fear and worry. But let me share what we can be confident of. Because we can be confident of something. I've just kind of identified what can be up and down with putting your confidence into or of the future of plans of abilities or people up and down but we can be confident church we can be confident in God's promises we can be confident in God's promises which are found all throughout the word from cover to cover I can move forward into the future confident and secure Knowing God's promises are a sure foundation, not wavering, 
not unpredictable. I love what the Bible says about God himself. In Numbers 23:19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie. We can be confident in what he says. And we can stand upon what God says. I want to focus on today one of my favorite passages in the Bible. We're just going to park in a passage of the Bible. And we're just going to go through that passage of the Bible. It's one of my favorite. It's actually one of my family's favorite. And we have stood on these promises in many seasons. Actually, at home, we have a a little picture frame with uh, one of the Bibles that Joe used to read of this chapter that I'm about to go through. And we just... We, we thought it was that important. It was that significant to us through many different seasons that we kind of put it in a frame and said, glory to God, we stand upon these promises. And we, church, every one of us here today, we can also hold on to these promises for ourselves and begin praying them over our lives. In our intimacy with God, reminding God, <laughs> not that He needs Um, us to remind him but we can just remind him of what we are standing upon his promises his truths so what i want to do is i want to go through psalm 91 and i just want to go through it and bring out some of god god's truths promises that we can stand upon but it starts with the first two verses start with establishing god's presence in our lives establishing God's presence in our lives. Let me read it. Psalm 91 verse 1 says this, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I will trust. Church, this passage begins by highlighting characteristics of an individual who prioritizes the presence of God in their life. When it says, he who dwells, dwells is not a casual visit. Dwells is not... I say a prayer from time to time. Actually, if you look at the meaning, and I'm, and I'm kind of getting my head around some of the Strong's definition of words in the Bible, because I love you know, understanding a little bit deeper of what the actual word means. That word dwell is far more significant than we can even realize. It's, not, um, it's to sit. It's to, to be with. It's not just a casual visit. Let me ask you and let me ask me, do we dwell in the secret place of the Most High? Or do we visit on occasion when it suits us? Maybe say a prayer every now and then. Let me ask another question. Is He your refuge and your fortress? Or are other things 
your refuge. Something else that you run to instead of God for safety. Because we all find ourselves in places at times where we're looking for a safety net. Some kind of sense of security. Is God my refuge and my fortress? Is He the one that I run to in that moment when I need to be in that safety, safe place? Can I urge you to establish God's presence in your life by taking the wonderful invitation God offers us? In Psalm 22.3 it says this, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Isn't that an amazing scripture? That when you praise, when I praise God, what I'm doing is I'm inviting His presence to be in my life. I say, God, it's not a casual prayer. It's not a visit you every now and again. I want you, you, I want you to, I want your habitants to be where I am because I welcome you with praise and with worship in that place, in that secret place. Hebrews 4.16 says this, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Come boldly. We have an invitation to come and enter in to a place of intimacy with God. There's an invitation for us. Come boldly. Come in. James 4, 8 says this. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. What a promise. What an amazing promise that we can just sometimes skip over. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. When I intentionally say, God... I'm going to dwell I want I want to dwell with you right now. I want to when I invite God, he come when I say God, I want to come near to you. The Bible says he comes near to me. That's a beautiful beautiful space and place to be. The most important decision church, a father, mother, child, teenager, any individual can make is to prioritize a time and place to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. You know, uh, I know f- for me, and, and, and by the way, when we preach, and I've said this before, it's God convicts us when we preach to be able to like remind us of something. And then this is me just coming to the church and saying, hey, this is what God's reminding me of. And I hope he can remind us of that as well. When I was young, the dwelling place of God's presence was very natural. It used to be something that, yes, I had more time. And yes, I had an opportunity more, more so than I do now. But it was a place that I would regularly visit. A place where I didn't just come for a checklist of prayers. I didn't come for, you know, sometimes right now, I'm, I'm a funny person. You'll laugh at this. But I actually, because of my personality, I take a timer and I, and I press my timer to pray with the Lord. I'm like, okay, I'm going to pray for the next 15 minutes. And here we go. <laughs> and so I wrap it up at 15 minutes. Um, this is just me. 
God knows I'm a bit weird, but that's okay, right? But the point is, when I was younger, I used to regularly go and park myself, dwell in the presence of God, have worship music on, and not even have to even say anything much sometimes, but just to be in that place where I say, God, I am consciously and intentionally coming and drawing near to you. Draw near to me, God. Come and be in this place with me. And I'm telling you, it's an amazing place when you make it a habit and you say, God, I want you in my life. I want to be a person who dwells with my God. When you establish God's presence, church, and this is, we're going to go back to Psalm 91. When you establish God's presence in your life, you open the doors, you open the door to God's promises. And let's talk about them. First of all, confidence in God's protection is the first one. Confidence. I can have confidence in God's protection. In Psalm 91, 3 to 4, it says this, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Confidence in God's protection. He shall deliver you. There is the snare of a fowler, but he shall deliver you. You know, I know, and I've shared this before, but as a young guy, younger, I'm pretty young. Anyone guess my age? I'm pretty young. Anyway, when I was a lot younger, not a lot younger. Anyway, I had a bout of, I would call it perilous pestilence. Perilous pestilence. A plague on the mind. You know, and I know that some in the congregation might know what I'm talking about when it comes to a circulation of thoughts that refuse to stop. And it cycles around and cycles around from the morning to the night, from the morning to the night, day in, day out. And at that time, I, I fell into a little bit of, of, of you know, what they call depression and anxiety and all that. Had that you know, kind of constant... Um, cycle happening in my life for about six months. It was terrible and it was hard and it was and, and my wife has gone through many similar things. But I'll tell you something, I can testify that he delivered me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He delivered me. He brought me through it. He took me, plucked me out of that place. Confidence in God's protection. Maybe that can encourage some of you who know the pain of mental struggles. The Bible says he will deliver you. But let me rewind a little bit of what I said. Those who dwell. Those who dwell in the presence of the Most High. So it's, there's a certain individual that we're talking about. It's one that embraces God's presence regularly. That says, God, through the highs, through the highs and through the lows, I need you. I want you in my life. I want to prioritize you. And I love his promise of protection that he will deliver us. Amen. 
confidence in God's protection. Can I also encourage you, church, don't be afraid to take initiative and risks if God is leading you to and trust that He will keep you safe. Confidence in God's protection. So I'm talking, a moment ago, I just talked about my testimony of Him plucking me out of a, a terrible place. But I'm also talking to the audience here that might fear sometimes being bold and taking that step of faith that God is asking you to take. Can I encourage you that we can be confident in His protection? I love this passage, Psalm 91. Okay, let's move on. The next one is confidence in God's peace. Confidence in God's peace. And Psalm 91.5 says this, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. What's amazing about the last couple of scriptures is there is a terror by night. There is. There is an arrow that flies by day. There is. There's a pestilence. There's a destruction. And yet, this is a reminder, a beautiful reminder, that in the midst of all hell breaking loose, so to speak, God gives us a perfect peace. A place that cannot be disturbed in Him. And rewind back to those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High. A perfect peace through the storm, through it all. You don't have to feel insecure in unknown territory. And now I'd be a hypocrite to say that I've never felt insecure in the unknown. I remember, and I've maybe shared this story before, but during the COVID crisis, I was working for Woolworths and, you know, I remember it was just, you know, it was getting worse and worse and the situation was getting worse and worse. And then I was at the point where at one, um, one of my days of work, I had to um, serve my own team members at work toilet paper for whoever wanted to buy toilet paper because they didn't have an opportunity to get to the shops in time after work because this is shift workers, right? But the point is I came home and I remember, I don't know if Joe remembers this, but I was, I sat in the driveway and I felt the uncertainty. I felt like, this is bad. This is something I've never experienced in my life. We can't go anywhere, can't be anywhere. Toilet paper is going <laughs> off the shelves. It's become the most popular item in the, in the shops. And it was just an uncertain time. And if I'm honest, my mind started to race. And I was thinking, what's next? I've got a family to feed. I've got my, my five kids that I care about more than anything. And what will it mean? And, you know, is it going to mean that we're going to get people going to start turning against each other? And they were, <laughs> to some degree, fighting for toilet paper, right? But I was thinking, what is worse? This is terrible. And I was feeling uncertain. But in that moment, come back to the secret place, those who dwell in the secret place of the Almighty will find confidence in God's peace. He gives us peace. He offers you peace in the, in the craziness, in the chaos. 
Paul and Silas singing hymns while bound in chains. What a beautiful picture. In the uncertain, bound in chains, in the midnight hour, start to sing hymns of praise. Perfect peace. God gives that to us. That's what you can claim and say, God, you give me perfect peace no matter what the circumstance that I'm facing. Let's move on. Confidence in God's perspective. Confidence in God's perspective. And let me read from 7 to 10, 91, 7 to 10. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made. Here it is. It's a reminder again. Back to the first part of the passage. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. Not your casual visit. Not your every now and again, your dwelling place. No evil shall be for you. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Hallelujah. What a promise. God gives us an eternal view of life that keeps you steady. Isn't it amazing that while we are surprised, in the very scriptures, it talks about 10,000 at your right hand. But it's not like God's surprised. Nothing under heaven goes without our Father knowing exactly what is happening. God knows. God sees. He can see the wicked. And He can also see the individual, church, the individual who has made the Lord His refuge. He sees that too. And I'm talking to myself. And I'm spitting too. Just getting passionate. God sees it all and promises the righteous man that no evil shall be for you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. And, uh, you know, I love that verse right there because I, I pray that over my kids. I say one of my, you know, my routine prayers is, God, no evil shall be for them, no plague come near their dwelling, their person. In Jesus' name, I, 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 because I, my wife and I, let's, let's continue to be people that dwell in the presence of the Almighty, that ask Him to be in the center of where we are, of who we are. Next one, God's confidence in God's provision. In God's provision. Psalm 11, 91, 11 says, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Hallelujah. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. God provides, church, spiritual reinforcement that we require in whatever the situation. Thank God that this promise reminds me that I am not alone. It's not just me and my, you know, I know we talk about being fearless and I know know we talk about having a courage culture, 
But thank God that it's not based upon David Rotniak and his ability to be courageous. Because sometimes, thank God, he gives us that spiritual reinforcement. Jesus, after being tempted, Jesus, after being tempted in the desert, had angels come and minister unto him. Peter had an angel lead him out of prison. In the time of need, God's promise says, He will provide. He will provide that spiritual reinforcement, that spiritual help that we need. I was thinking about actually um, Ryan, and, and you know, obviously he's not here today. But um, anyone who saw it, um, or is he here today? I'm not sure. But anyone who saw it, you know, the, the car was a write-off, you know. And I'm just thinking, who, who doesn't know that an angel prevented that accident from being the worst case scenario. Thank God that he sends his angels to bear us up so we don't dash our foot upon a stone. Thank you, God. We are not alone, church. God will provide help in times of need. And let me finish with confidence in God's power. Confidence in God's power. And listen to this. Listen to the certainty that God has. Because He has set His love upon me, therefore I will deliver Him. I will set Him on high because He has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer Him. I will be with Him in trouble. I will deliver Him and honor Him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I just love how it finishes. It's like, it's like a lead up. And then in that last couple of verses, it's just like God says, this is what I'll do. Because I can. Because I am God. And only one can declare what he will do. And that is God. That's why we... Worship Him and say, God, you are God and we are not. And we need you, God, to intervene in our situations. And let me read that again because maybe somebody needs to hear that. Maybe somebody needs to absorb that into their spirit. Because He has set His love upon me, therefore I will deliver Him. I will set Him on high because He has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer Him. I will be with him in trouble. God is with you in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. Glory to God. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Hallelujah. I hope, church, that we can kind of get in a bit of an understanding of how being confident in anything but God and his word is sure to fail or sure to be, you know, up and down, right? You know, I was actually looking in preparation of this sermon, I was looking at confidence quotes and I was looking at it. And they're so, honestly, when I was reading, I was like, this is so off-putting because it's all about confidence in me. You know, so many of the quotes are believe in yourself, speak positive. And I'm not saying all that stuff is not good. 
I'm not saying it's not good to be a positive human being, but to build your life upon anything but the sure foundation of God and His promises, I promise you will fail. It's like what Jesus said about those who build their life upon anything else but the rock of what He says. When a storm will come and blow against that house, when it's not founded upon the confidence in God's word and His truths, it will fail and it will fall. But when we place our confidence in Him, we can trust and believe that God will uphold His word. And let me say as well, if, if, if anyone is, is, is disappointed with God because of, yeah, Dave, but this has happened and that's happened. Can I encourage us to yet again visit the place yeah. of secrecy, of intimacy with God? Yeah. Yeah. Realign our hearts and our minds. Listen, I'm not... I'm not Worshipping God and praying God for all the, what are they called, all the benefits. I'll love you, Lord, because of this and this and this and this. But the Bible does say, those who dwell, those who make God's presence a priority, come into His presence, sit, remain. You're inviting Him into your life. Amen? Can we just close our eyes?